Yo, 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 welcome to another round of In the House. Have a very special guest. Um, really looking forward to our conversation and where it leads. Mr. Gerald DeBose, uh, creator and producer, manager of Universe Comics, um, Story Enigma, Trust the Pain. Very, very uh, epic graphic novel that's in the works. So uh, thank you and welcome. Hey, thank you for having me, brother Roger. Glad to be here. So, Gerald, let's get right into it. Um, I really want to get into into the, you know the writing, the the scope of a two hundred page novel. Definitely speaks to your um, your confidence, ambition as a writer. So, I, I want to kind of kind of talk about that topic with our audience today. But first, tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into creating comics and graphic novels. Sure, um, um, I am. A, uh, as they would call a serial entrepreneur. I've been in business for myself since 2002. I started my first company then, and that has expanded to a portfolio of eight different organizations under my leadership right now. So from everything from owning a construction company, a um, government contracting company, I have my own cologne and fragrance line, and um do business coaching and training and development where I go speak to major corporations and their leadership teams on how to um, create culture, a better culture, which will develop better marketing and higher sales. Uh, so story is in my blood. I've been writing poetry since the age of eight years old. I do real estate investing, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. How did I get here? So, <laughs> uh, one of my friends, uh, kind of works in the um, industry um, out in out in L.A., out your way, out in Cali, and uh, he does a lot of stuff. And, and he was like, hey, look, certain a certain company's looking for new IP. There are companies looking for new IP. And I said, that's great. You know, um, he says, well, hey, look, uh, they, they are they, they want to need a graphic novel. Like they, they need some new some new, innovative, brilliant storylines and characters. I said, man, I can't wait. I was like, I, I love, because I've always loved comics. I love Marvel. I love DC. I love all that stuff. But really Marvel. Marvel was like the big thing for me. The X-Men especially. And he says, well, uh, you need to write the book. I said, dude, write a, a comic? <laughs> he said, yeah, write a comic. I said, well, look. I said, I write business books, man. I write stuff about storytelling. I write stuff about how you achieve more and be more successful, period. I, was, I said, I've written poetry since the age of eight years old. I love comics, never touched them. I said, nah, that's not my thing. And he literally said, man, look, don't you tell people excuses, build bridges to nowhere? I said, yeah. He said, write the damn book. On you. Okay. Yeah, he's on <laughs> you. Get it done. <laughs> So, so, so you had you had that that kind of that motivation, and he must have had you know, confidence in you to do it. And uh, you know, this I, I, I in in our last um, several podcasts, there's a theme of, about creators that always seem to get like this this jump, this jolt to take something from an idea, which a lot of people have good ideas, and like you said, actually getting it done. Um, so as as you know, as as you kind of got that kick and and decided to get it done, tell me a little bit about like your your writing process. How did how did you know your first you know comic story? Um, if this is your first comic story, like how did 
how did how did you start it with the actual like production the writing aspect of it okay so so the writing aspect of it that that i undertook as okay once once my friend pushed me that way i said okay well let me look at the process of how would I write a graphic novel? Because when I say when I heard graphic novel and not just a comic book, I was like, okay, that sounds like a bigger project. And I was thinking from a perspective of, of as if we were writing a movie. And so I assembled a writing team, not just myself. So I called on some of the best writers I know because um, that's the way I thought we could get it done. Like if you were writing a if you were writing a script for a TV show, if you're writing a script, they have writing teams. They don't just have one writer. So um, I called on some of the best writers I know, assembled a team of uh, four other great writers, and told them, said, "Hey, here's a project idea um, that I'm working on. They they all happen to love comics as well, and have never had the opportunity opportunity to go into this genre, and." We, I told them what the concept, which came from in one of my trainings. Uh, we have a training. We do storytelling training, literally, for companies. So how to use story. And one of my, and part of that is something we call um, comification. So we, we take the concept of comics and have them assemble their own team of Avengers, so to say. Like, okay, who are you? What are, what are personal characteristics that you like about you? Um, what are some of the darker characteristics or the passionate side of you, the light and the dark? So I took that same concept here and said, okay, we're going to build a hero. What would those five superpowers be that your hero would have? So we took that, distilled that down. and was like, okay, so here's the primary character, and let's build the world around them. What, what would drive a person like this? What would their motivation be? What would... Um, incite them to take up a mantle of a hero anti-hero what puts them on that path and um where would they live what does their world around them look like how does that affect their behavior so we took all of that information and then we came up and just we wrote for months man months mm. and just putting the story together and came up with like about uh 600 or so pages of text but then having to distill that down into pictures because writers write differently when you're writing for a book you have to aptly describe a scene because there are no pictures right Mm -hmm. so you have to literally put the action in there you have to say stuff like um if you are a character is turning on their heels you have to say she turns on her heels and walks away Blah, 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 blah. In a regular book. But in a comic book, that doesn't work because if they turn on their heels in a comic, that's three panels to explain one position. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely get what you mean. And it, the different mediums have a, have a a whole format that really affects what you're writing to. Yes, so we um, are in the process now of really distilling down those 600 pages into. Um, 200 pages with pictures mm-hmm. and that process is is it's, it's fun actually you know to take that those big ideas and to distill them down into okay what does it look like how do we describe that how would that translate into art if it's one shot 
mm-hmm. versus it being four shots to describe really one thing that you really wanted to the audience to feel. So that's that's where the writing process started, and that's how it's going. <laughs> well, no, that, that that's really insightful because um, one thing you bring up is the patience. You know, talk about months developing a character. You know, going on. You know, some some writers spend spend the years, you know, developing backstories and and uh, world building. Right. Um, the the process takes a lot of patience. And I think some um, rush to that, uh, you know, wanted to get to that final product. And you can see the, you know, the lack of 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 interwoven idea you know like you know themes and you know what this character is more than just a, per, a more than just lightning generation right that could be so, so generic it takes a good writing uh process to make whatever that that character is interesting so um tell me like tell tell me how your character tell me a little bit more about enigma and the world you guys actually came up with so the world we kind of came up with uh we, we had to make a decision about whether we were going to go kind of what DC does, where they have imaginary cities that are playoffs of cities, or do we want to do more what like a Marvel style where they kind of do real cities. So we, we decided that we would go on a derivative path of an imaginary city that um, reflects a city. So uh, Enigma uh, is what we're calling an EB. Um, which is an evolved being. So since we can't use the word mutant or metahumans, that's one of the words we came up with was EB. He's an evolved being, um, the highest evolution of what human beings can do. And uh, we started with calling the place Wolves of Dream City, which is a derivative of um, a, a Washington, D.C., so to say. So um, kind of putting him in that area in that arena and what it looks like if um, a kid that grew up in a major city ended up with powers that is actually the seat of government for um, the United States. Mm -hmm. So when we started thinking about that, we had to think about, yo, like, okay, so what's his personality? Who are his friends? All that kind of stuff. And, Enigma is more of an anti-hero, and we we say that because he's willing to go further than most regular heroes would go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm, I can read what I read what I may into that. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's 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 willing to go a little further than um, most heroes would go to get answers. So think more along the lines of a. Um, of a Deadpool or Cable in the DC world where they kind of push the limits and um, spawn as well from Image. Um, So he's one of those people that will go to to any lengths to get the answers. And Enigma Trust the Pain, you know, when we looked at the title of of what this could be, was a big driver too. Um, When you say a title like that, that evokes certain imagery as well. Mm. And that has to fit the narrative that you're trying to create. And um, so it, it's it's a noir superhero thriller. That's the way I would describe the plot. 
okay that's a uh, that's a nice little little mashup right there the the, the noir I can that's kind of a really uh, specific storytelling uh, you know mechanic right there I love it. it's very real interesting um, you you're kind of bringing me to, to a subject I really kind of want to rift on and that's uh, that's like themes if there's like you know themes or a certain message in Enigma um, you know, if you think something like that is even important or, or you know needs, is necessary in good storytelling I always think about like music like you hear this song and it's, it sounds so deep to you right and it kind of hits you and and it, and it can take you places emotionally and like you look you look up the back the background and like the singer's like oh yeah I was just like <laughs> I was just you know something just popped in my head and I just started rifting on it and you're like oh actually wasn't that deep <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> you know but it was but it was so meaningful to you right you know um, kind of where you know where's your head as a writer you know is there a certain message that you're getting across and then again you know like do you think that's that's important in good storytelling or or you know even a goal that's a, a writer coming up should try you know, try to incorporate? Well, as <clears throat> that's a great question. I would say any any writer worth their weight um, always wants to evoke a mood. We have a certain mood that we're writing for, right? You, you want to elicit a certain emotion when you're telling a story. Um, so, so you want to put the writers in a headspace. But to me, I've always said, like, with poetry, I say that poetry is the painting of a picture with words where you draw someone into your fantasy and make it their reality. And I think that's what great writers of or great storytellers do, period, is that you immerse people in a world where you have a central theme, a mood that you're creating, right? Like, like I said, this is a noir thriller. When you hear noir, it puts you in a certain mindset okay this is going to be a little dark it's going to be um it's going to push the limits because that's what noir thrillers really do when you look at the noir store um style of, of filmmaking it was shot a certain way it was lit it was lit a certain way to elicit the mood mm -hmm. but if 10 people read the same book you may get 10 different interpretations of what a book is right and I think that's what the greatest stories are. They are worlds that you build. Yes, we want a certain mood, and the mood we want to create is that imagery of, okay, this is a world or a play of light and dark, and which side would you choose in this situation? And that puts the, the audience in control of what their lesson is that they get from the story that we're telling. Mm -hmm. So yes, the mood is very dark. It's, it's going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, it's going to elicit many different emotions. It's going to tug at heartstrings. It's going to, we want a very, um, it's an intense story. An intense story is told through a dark lens, so to say. But what the lessons are that people get, uh, all I'm going to leave that up to them. Wow, very very good uh, uh, answer and and really really kind of power some powerful statements in there. Um, tell me a little bit about the art direction that you think that you're thinking about going or have made some decisions on. Um, that's all. That's a big 
doing a graphic novel, you know, you know, and and you talked a little bit about team building. Tell me a little bit about about the generally, you know, building the team that you have, and then specifically, you know, the art direction that you guys are going. So the art direction, um, you know, uh, immediately after I got off of that call uh, with my friend, I, I told you I decided to assemble a team of writers, and at the same time, I also. Uh, had to assemble an art team that I could uh, believe in. And the first thing I did was go through my friends list and say, okay, who do I know that does art? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, start, first things first. Let's yeah. start, exactly. Let's start there because um, that is even more important, maybe a lot of times for the comic when, you, when you're talking about stylizing it, than even the writing. So um, I went through my friends list and uh, had a couple of friends that really do art and saw a couple that do comics and reached out to one of my friends actually on Facebook. We've been friends for years and never met in person. We chatted on Facebook and I uh, reached out and said, hey, what are you up to? I uh, got this project we're working on and I uh, would like to talk to you about it and kind of told him a little bit about Enigma and the world that we were trying to build and got blessed that he said yes uh so our art director he is i mean the, the guy this he, he's a gift from god man uh he, he's not only um took on the project but he's done comics and stuff before he's run comic book stores so he has some experience and that took a tremendous weight off of my shoulders to have to learn everything myself where i was able to get some guidance from him I also had some other friends that have published comics, so I went to one of them to kind of be my editor. Um, asked him to come on board. He said yes. Everybody loved the concept of what I was talking about, and so um, right away I, I had a I had a great artist that it was tremendous. He actually um, knew the inker that we we could bring in, and um, their friendship helped. So kind of built the team that way, and then. Got, got lucky to get a colorist. Uh, actually, that I did randomly through Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny how things work, I, huh? Yeah, so I just kind of put it out in some of the comic groups and interviewed a few people, um, talked to a couple of people, and they were like, hey, uh, the guy we got also was experienced in comics. He's um, done several several titles himself. He does animation, so he was like, yeah. I'm in too, and uh, we recently just got the colorist, but the art direction was uh, mainly taken on by our, our art director, who um, has tons of experience. He, he's been doing art for years, and is one of the baddest dudes I've ever seen uh, when it comes to, with, with that pencil in their hand, man. Mm-hmm. He's tremendous. So the, the art direction, he kind of took over. Um, when I described the character and... Um, the colors, the theme, and he came up with, oh man, when he came up with the Enigma and I saw it, I said, that's him. <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you mean. I had the very same, just like aha moment when, you know, somebody created my character for the first time, my, my OC. It's really, really just fun, fun opportunity to see something like that come to life. Yes, yes, it, it, it is. <clears throat> it's amazing when you have thoughts and you know what you want, but you can't do it because I can't draw a straight line even with a ruler. So forget <laughs> that. 
Art is not my thing. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it, but I can't do it. And to see someone have that ability that can just literally hear you and then bring it to life, it, it was amazing. And he is phenomenal for creating this character. Um, and the world, he's created everything. So um, it, it, that that part, once I had him in place, I felt like it could happen. You know, the writing I was never concerned about because, heck, I've, I've been writing. I understood how to put scripting together. And then once I got the writing team, I was very confident that we would nail it. And that part, the art part, though, God, God blessed us with, with a phenomenal artist that has taken this thing and built the vision um, to bring it to the world. Well, so, I, I don't I don't think you could really... Uh... When you when you find an artist like that, you know it's re, it's really important to you know to, to operate in a way that keeps them you know um, having stake in the in in the pro you know in the project and, and keeping them happy and meeting meeting some expectations and communicating expectations uh, clearly and and just finding that good relationship with the artist just is like invaluable when you talk about long term business development and and you know these projects are are extensive time-wise commitment you know, money investment you know so so having a good working team is so important like how and, and i was telling you a little bit about like when i uh, uh, just got started like when i was in college and i made this little short anime uh, i had no idea how to do it i drew but i had no idea I, I was on the other side i had no idea how to like you know write a script or do sound you know, uh, animation. And like, I'm telling you, I read that book, the secret. It was like really like big in my life in 2005, you know, at 21 years old. And when it talked about just like putting positivity out there and things like attracting, and I'm telling you, I, I put it out there, like other students, like, like, yeah, I can do sound. Like they literally jumped at the, everything I couldn't do. They were like jumping at the opportunity to do for the project. Hey, I, I could do sound. Hey, I could do voiceover. Hey, I, you know, I know how to run the computer. Yeah, if you can draw, I can make it move. Like, it was crazy. So I know you're having that experience as a producer. Tell me, like, like, uh, like from a big picture, like, from a business standpoint, your business hat for me for other creators that want to, like, make sure they're doing this thing the right way from a business standpoint. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that, that goes back to almost uh, biblical passages, right? They say... Um, Write a vision and make it plain, for without vision, the people will perish, right? So if you aren't clear in where you're trying to go, and th this just goes to leadership in general, uh, leaders see before others see, because they have to see. Because you can't take someone where they've never been if you don't see it clearly, because that's what they trust. They trust the vision. They trust where you are trying to go. So the more clear you are on where you're heading and what you want, the easier it makes for the team to buy in to that process and to not the process, but the end goal, because the process will consistently change because uh, there are many ways to get there, but only one place you, you're really heading. So if you can make that vision clear in what your project is and, and what you want the project to be it helps to attract those people to it that say, hey, you know what? I want to go there too. 
and they will offer and they will offer their services to help you um, bring that vision to life. And I look at you say the relationship with the artist and the writer are the two key relationships for what I've seen. And I'm brand new at this. Like I said, hey, I've been in this less than a year. Don't, don't listen to me as an expert. Listen to me as a student that's on a journey. That relationship between the artist and the writer is so key here. There is no Stan Lee without Jack Kirby. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. And their relationship built Marvel. Both of them were basically working for a company that they didn't run, but they they happened to do it so well that they ended up running the show when the when the people that headed the company were, were about to abandon ship. So they, they they felt they were done and Stan had the pen. Jack had the pencil. And if you do have that vision and you have that relationship with the artist, the visual side, so you have the visual, you have the story, and you have the art that tells the story brilliantly, man, this thing could be whatever you want it to be. But it, it first starts with the writer um, understanding what story they want to tell. Because a lot of times, I know you as an artist, I'm sure people have walked up to you and said, hey, man, can, can, can you do something for me? And you're like, yeah, what do you want? I don't know, man, you know, just something. <laughs> What's just something? Like, <laughs> well, you know, the, it, that brings me back to like, because now I, I have a, a team of artists. Uh, we have a team. We have a team of writers. We have a, a pretty, you know, complete, comprehensive studio now and I, I you know do my best to like help artists you know broker outside commissions sometimes and and it's a lot of the time we do we do it we do that pretty often our, our business uh, on that side is, is growing and I think me as a writer helping artists make money um, is part of my job as a business you know one of the business you know leads for us and it always seems like some writers really don't know like how how challenging it, it is on the art side so like they'll they'll have a real vague uh, description not real vague you know but you know as it's not as detailed as maybe they think and then the art comes back and they're like oh wait you know actually i didn't want that i didn't want you start talking about a whole bunch of revisions like hey man like this is more <laughs> this is more work like and i know it wasn't perfect but like what you you had no concept of what this character was and it was just it was just you know some some words and until it was brought to life you didn't even really know what you needed changed and that process is like uh do you find you know, what is your appreciation of the art side now that you're working in, in this industry well my appreciation for art is tremendous e even more so now like i've always been huge into art I i've loved art like from rembrandt to monet to um, Besquiat, you know, uh, I, I've loved art for a long time. My problem is I can't draw it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I've always had friends that were artists that were that that were good, and you know, but coming into this work and seeing what our um, art director goes through, because like you said, we do have a team of artists now that are everybody that's on this team has experience, and they bring people with them. 
um, my appreciation for, again, what your process is, is even more tremendous. Um, you know, just the, the small nuance of giving an apt description of something and being clear again, clarity is key with any, with anything with storytelling. How clear are you on what you are trying to communicate? And man, you artists, man, you, you all have the patience of a Pope. <laughs> yeah, you know, they do a lot of problem solving. You know, I, I, you know, I've really kind of fashioned myself. You know, trying to transition into the writing standpoint because I, I, I specialize in like pencil portraits, like faces. So, like, I, I, as I, as I went into comic and sequential, you know, art uh, production, you know, finding the, like you said, the artist with the experience in that. Was 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 a challenge. It was a process, and to to really settle on a team really gives you a lot of uh, takes a lot of you know pressure and strain off you, and you can just get back into the into the writing when you trust them to kind of fill in those gaps, and you're not like picking at them like, oh, actually, I want the belt on the left, you know, <laughs> the belt is too high on the arm, you know what I mean, something like that that maybe isn't huge in the storytelling. Maybe you weren't even really clear in the description, you know, in the beginning. But no, no, that that's really really. Uh, Kind of leads me into the, you know, to the kind of the the last part. We talk about art and. Well, well, well can, can can I say something? To yeah, that for real sure, quick? for sure. Because I, I, that was something else I learned. For anybody that is coming into this, or anybody that's already been part of this journey with comics and the storytelling aspect, I was so green. I didn't even know that some artists just do covers in this industry. They are <laughs> cover artists. That's what they do. And then you have some that do sequentials and there are some that do both. But, um, you know, to find an artist that can do both and do it well so that the cover isn't just a big splash and the art on the inside doesn't quite live up to what the cover is, I think is just as important. If you have a beautiful cover, then the art inside has to match in order for that story. I feel, especially as indie comic makers, if you're an independent, that work inside needs to be just as good as the cover, or you may um, distance your audience some because they're going to flip through that book, and when they look at the cover and then they look inside, and they're like, oh, wait, that doesn't look like that on the cover. Yeah. You know, because you set expectations with a cover. So I, I think it's important that. If you are going to have two separate people, that the person that works in the sequentials is almost equally as caring about the characters as the people that do the cover. Yeah, I one of the now as you're talking, we, we were talking about uh, some of our other interests, and we share the football, uh, you know, background. I, I think analogy is like, you know, like I, I played corner, and yeah, I can catch, yeah, I'm fast. You can move me to receiver. But I'm not gonna be as good. <laughs> it's just not my specialty. It's not where my training, right? It's not where I, you know, got most of my, you know, most of my 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 snaps in. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, people people do develop. It's really hard to develop to mastery on many different levels. You know, right? You usually okay. kind of can focus your time only so much in developing at a, at a real high level. You know, we 
yeah, yeah, you know, you, you have the fundamentals, you know, the, the shapes that, you know, you have fundamentals. But as you get into your expertise and your niche, you really tend to sp specialize uh, a little bit. Uh, you talked talked a little bit about Marvel, and we talked about indie comics. Kind of, we just started leading into it, um, uh, being indie producers. Um, give me a little bit of a, a reflection about you know where where the mainstream is versus where where indie comics is, or or you know you know in particular black you know black creators, or or just in general, kind of wherever you want to kind of take that reflection of both both mainstream and where indies indies are at. Well, um, I, from being, from just getting into this world, I do see that um, mainstreams tell a certain stories a certain kind of way, right? Like what Marvel does is stylized. You can almost see it's a Marvel comic just by the way the book is set up, by the way, uh, by the direction of the book, by the mood of the book. Um, DC has their own style. So does Image or... Um, Dark Horse. Um, I found that indie creators, though, have some tremendous stories. Um, well, I, I, let me put it this way. Let me rephrase that. As an indie creator, I think we have the space where we can tell tremendous stories. But I think that some people get too caught up in one or the other. I've seen that be a challenge just from observing and talking to a few other creators and even seeing some of their work and coming in this as a storyteller and as a business person, um, you know, some focus so much on the art, they forget the story. Mm -hmm. Some focus so much on the story that they think the art doesn't matter when that is a marriage that is necessary. If you are trying to carve a lane out that that marriage needs to be mutually beneficial and not mutually exclusive. Um, mm. been some titles I've seen that have been amazing and like man it, but the art is just and then I saw some that the marriage worked and I said oh wow see now this is great but they don't know the marketing side so as an indie publisher the first thing I would say is one know the message you're trying to convey know what the story is be able to create a plan that gets the audience to buy into what the motif or the mood of your story is right away before you ever get to launching the comic first. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see so many people are doing the, um, Lord help me, not GoFundMe, Kickstarter. Kickstarter, yeah. Um, they, they, they do Kickstarter. I, I know that's a big thing for indie publishers. And um, I, I'm, I'm not against um, Kickstarter. I mean, Kickstarter has helped a lot of people get published. Um, or, or bring their ideas in to fruition. But if you're going to spend all that time marketing and promoting and getting people to go to Kickstarter or getting people to go to Webtoons, that same effort could be getting to driving them into driving them to your own site, which doesn't cost a lot of money, and they don't get to take a portion of your money for you getting your money. Mm -hmm. I think that's a business lesson right there that I think a lot of us need to learn. Um, as indie publishers that why am I paying you to get me my money mm -hmm. when I have to do promotion, when I have to do the marketing, nobody's going to Kickstarter looking for your campaign individually. They go there because you drive them there. Mm -hmm. And now you give Kickstarter a portion of the money for collecting it for you. 
why not spend that same effort into building your own brand, your own platform the entire time? Just very, something I would think. Very powerful, yeah. Um I I think I think sometimes, you know, people follow models. Uh and and there's a good thing a good and a bad to that, right? Like, you know, people, some people have had success, but like you said, you know, if if, if you're gonna like open up the scope of what you can do and really you're, you're talking real kind of kind of high-end you know business thinking right here um you get the rewards with that ambition as well so i i can appreciate that and i know a lot of young creators that are thinking about which direction to go just having a little little confidence a little shot in the arm about yeah i mean i can build my own website i can drive my traffic um it's really good to hear hear that so when 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 can we Look forward to seeing Enigma. Or, you know what? What is the production uh, schedule, calendar looking like? Well, right now the preview will be coming in October, um, October twenty uh, second through the twenty fourth. We will be premiering the preview at Baltimore Comic Con. So that's coming up upon us very rapidly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to start uh, pre-sales. will be starting actually um, tomorrow, so people can purchase the book. Um, they'll they'll be able to purchase the book. They'll be able to purchase other paraphernalia, shirts, um, you know, little little posters, all that kind of stuff. Starting tomorrow. Uh, well, I'm saying tomorrow as if they know the date. I know this will be going up a little later, but as of the 20th of September, they can purchase. Um, and pre-order the preview they can pre-order some they, they can get some shirts they can get some other paraphernalia to support the uh enigma trust the pain don't worry everybody hashtag the pain is coming yes so uh <laughs> awesome awesome um yeah any 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 promos and plugs and drop them on the on the royal house uh on the royal house uh group we definitely love supporting um supporting supporting the new projects coming out uh, by our in, indie brethren, um, Universe Comics, uh, Gerald DeBose, Enigma, Trust the Pain. Uh, I really appreciate you coming out and talking to us today. Hey, thank you so much, Roger, for the opportunity, man. And continue to be a beacon and a light for everybody out here, brother. You, you are inspiring future generations, and uh, many blessings to you and Royal House, brother. Thank you, thank you. All right, audience. See you next time. I'm in the house. <laughs>